Well, happy Father's Day. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're continuing our series this morning, Summer to Serve, Being God's Hands and Feet. And to help you remember to be God's hands and feet, check out these shoes. I mean, can you see the sparkle of those shoes? I mean, those are quality shoes, except they're size 11 and I'm a size 12. And uh, they have these huge heels. So this is painful. I'm suffering for Jesus right now, just so you know. I know how some of you women feel. Um, you know, it, the, the sermon series uh, is Summer to Serve, and this morning's sermon is called Pitch It. And some of you think, and that's exactly what you should do with these shoes right after the sermon's over. Get rid of them. Josh found these in a thrift store. My son Josh, when he was four, he's five now. But he found them when he was four years old, and he told my daughter Jen, Kim, he said, he said, oh, Kim, Dad would love these shoes. These are great. These are awesome. He would love them. Let's get them. So we got them. I was actually, they were on my shelf in my office, and I was talking to someone this week, and we were in this intense conversation. And after it was all over, they said, those shoes are really distracting. That's just like, you know, you can't really, I can't really focus on you. Now, the last time some of you evaluated your life, you were dressed just like this, Okay. The last time you really took and, and said, you know, I really need to evaluate my life. Where in my life? You were probably dressed like this. For some of you, these shoes probably remind you of, remember, remind you of Donna Summer and, uh, and, and, and when you were roller skating, remember, that, when you went to the roller? How many people went to the, don't, and don't lie either. How many people went to the roller rink, okay? Yeah, now we're talking, right? Right? You thought you were cool with those skates on and everything, and, and it was a guy skating, you skated around, hoping one of the girls would be watching and everything, and you could skate at the very end with her. This is what it reminds you of. I'm bringing, I'm bringing back memories to you. It's a good thing. But the last time some of you actually evaluated your life, you were dressed like this, and, and the problem is some of us have really never evaluated our lives. So this morning, I really want to encourage you to, to search your hearts to look at your life and to ask the question, what really matters to me? What really matters to me in my life? My friends, fame and power and wealth and all those things, popularity, they're all meaningless. They're all worthless. They're all garbage apart from God. They're garbage apart from God. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verses 3 through 11 tells us this. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself, the treasures of kings and provinces. I acquired men and women singers and a harem as well, the delights of the heart of man. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me, and all my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all my labor." Yet when I surveyed all my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. I did it all, Solomon. I did it all. I had it all. Everything, everyone, every man, woman desires. I had it all. And when I surveyed all that I had done and all, I went through all these things, 
It was all meaningless, a chasing after the wind. It was meaningless. So again, I ask you, what truly matters to you? Now, you may be thinking, well, I thought you just said it was all worthless. I thought you just said it was all meaningless. No, I said it was meaningless apart from God. Anything we do apart from God is meaningless. Only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. That is what truly matters. What are we doing for Christ? How are we living for Jesus Christ? My friends, in the end, in the end, and you dads, I'm going to focus on you just, just right now. In the end, what matters and what, what, will be, what will matter in your life and how you'll be remembered is by how you live your life, how you act upon and live out your life how you impact people's lives, how you change people's lives. That is what will be measured. That's how you'll be measured. And that is how you will be remembered by how you impact people's lives, by how you change people's lives. Let, let, me, let me share a simple but very powerful example. Sorry about that. Um, we'll, we'll, try to, we'll try to work that out for next service. You know, life is really n- not about fame. It's about family. It's not about power. It's about purpose. It's not about accumulation. It's about contribution. How do we contribute? You know, that video we were going to show there really is a little boy talking about his father and how his father impacts his life. That I'm watching what you do. I'm watching you all the time. And the way you live your life and what you do in your life, that's what's going to matter to me. It is how we as parents are going to impact our children, how we live our life that is going to matter, how we change them, how we impact them. That is how we are going to be remembered. It is not just accumulation. Accumulating things without, uh, uh, without making a difference, without making a contribution. Accumulation without contribution, my friends, is truly, really, it's, it, it's, it's meaningless. Accumulating without contribution, without impacting someone's life, is fruitless. It's completely fruitless. We need to focus our attention on what are we doing to impact the lives of other people. I believe the greatest in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of heaven, will be those who understand what truly matters in life. And what truly matters in life, what truly matters in life is loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. That is what truly matters in life. That is, the, that is what God will, will care about the most. The greatest in the kingdom of God, the greatest in the kingdom of God, the winners, if you say, oh, I want to win in life, the winners will be those who have a servant's heart, who have a true desire to serve other people. That is what's going to matter. When all is said and done, when all is laid out before us, only what's done for Jesus Christ will last. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 11, it makes it clear, the greatest among you will be your servant. And then in Luke chapter 9, verse 48, we're reminded, for he who is the least among you all, he is the greatest. He is the greatest. If it's truly your desire to become more like Jesus Christ, if we, if we really want to be set apart for God, then we, we need to start cleaning house a little bit individually in our lives. And you say, well, what do you mean cleaning house? Well, if you want to live a new life, if you want to live a changed life, you have to get rid of the old life. You st- have to start putting to death those, those things in the old life. If Christ has come into your life, then, then the past then has no power over you any longer. When Jesus Christ came into your life, the past no longer has power over you. 
that all that stuff that you hold on to inside, all of that stuff that you've been carrying around inside is worthless trash. It's garbage. It's meaningless. Some of you, some of you need to have a, a, a talk with God about letting go. You need to really have a, a real honest talk with God about letting go. And you need to let God do most of the talking. And if you were to have that talk with God, I believe there's two things that God would say to you. If you took the time to have a talk with God about letting go and about living that new life and letting go of the old life, there are two things I think he'd say to you. Number one, stop picking out of the garbage. Stop scraping from the bottom of the barrel. You know, we, we, are, we are so much more than that. I think God would say to, say to each one of us, stop picking out of the garbage. Some of you live your lives with such low expectations. You go through life not expecting really anything from God or anything from yourself. You just live with these low expectations. Instead of eating, I mean, think about this. Who, think about who you are spiritually, the word of, what the word of God says. Instead of eating at the banquet table of God, you are eating the scraps you're just eating the scraps off the table. You, you, you act like George. You act like this. Show the George video. God, you, <laughs> you're a child of God. And when you receive Jesus Christ, you were given a new mind and a new heart. And so I ask you again, if that's the truth, if God is true and God's word is true, then why are you eating the garbage? Why are you picking out of the garbage? Why have such low expectations for your life? God has so much more for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I want you to say that with me. The old has gone, the new has come. Ready? The old has gone, the new has come. One more time, except say it like you really mean it. The old has gone, the new has come. That is what God has for each one of us. The old is gone, the new has come. That's the way he wants us to live our lives. And if that's true, then why are we still eating out of the garbage? Why is the children of God, why is those who have been given so much, why is those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who have asked Jesus Christ to come into their lives, are we eating out of the garbage? Why do you fill your hearts and minds with meaningless trash? I mean, we have so much more. We were created for so much more, but we, we just, we give into the lowest common denominator. God calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be set apart for him. We were called by God not to follow the crowd, but to be different, to become more like Jesus Christ and to serve others. You know, we, we, we live our lives sometimes just following along with what everybody else is doing, what, what culture is doing. And God said, I didn't create you to, to live like the culture. I created you to be set apart. I created you to become more like my son, Jesus Christ. And you can't become more like Jesus Christ if you're following after everyone else and following after the culture. God says, I want you to become more like Christ and be servants. We need to understand the truth of 2 Corinthians 5.20, which is, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. We, listen, you are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through you. We are Christ's ambassadors. So he says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You represent God to others. He, God has chosen you. 
God, the God of the universe has chosen me and he has chosen you. God has made you with unique gifts and unique abilities. And he desires that you use those unique gifts and unique abilities to impact people's lives, to change people's lives, to share his love with a lost and hurting world. That is God's desire for us. We were created for a specific purpose, for a specific reason. He wants you to be set apart. He wants you to be set apart. And he wants to set you free from all the hurts and all the hang-ups and all those things that are holding you back. He wants to set you free from those things. He doesn't want you to be pulled down by them any longer. All those hang-ups, those hurts, those habits that are holding us back. He wants you to step out from the crowd. He wants you to break free from the pack. You know, it's like we all kind of want to be individuals. We all want to use our gifts and those. But, you know, sometimes we just kind of go along with what everyone else is doing. And when you do that, it's just you just become like them, if that makes sense. If, you know, if you're uniquely created by God, how are you going to find your uniqueness? And how are you going to use those unique gifts if all we ever do is follow along with what everyone else is doing because we don't want to stand out? God created you to stand out. He created you to be different. He created you to be set apart. So he's saying, my goodness, why are you walking along and being like everyone else? My friends, why do you try so hard to fit in when you were so clearly created to stand out? That is the question you have to ask yourselves this morning. What matters to me? How am I going to live my life for Jesus Christ? Because God created you not to go along, but to stand out. I think the second thing I believe, I think he would say to us is stop believing your garbage. Stop believing it. Galatians 4, 7 says this. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. Listen to this. This is what the Bible says. This is absolute truth. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. And then Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 reminds us of this. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. I don't, I don't know when it started for you. I don't know when it started in your life, but a lot of Christians, I would say a lot of Christians, I'm not saying the majority, but it's, it's pretty close, don't believe what I just read. Somehow, somewhere, you stop believing what I just told you. And so we, we begin to live in darkness. We, we, we begin to, to believe the lies. But because of, Christ, because of God's mercy, because of God's grace, he can affirm who you really are and he can empower you to serve him and to become more like him while he changes the thoughts that you have about yourself. God can be working on you and using you while through his mercy and grace and power, he begins to change what you think about yourself because that is part of the problem. You don't believe what God's word says. You believe the lies that you were told in the past. Now, I need your attention. I need you to stay focused on this because this is important. Real simple, but important. The way you overcome, people are living in darkness. They're living in a cloud. They're living in, sometimes you wonder, why do I feel the way I feel? Because you're living in this fog. And how do you overcome darkness? You overcome darkness by turning on the light. In Psalm, 1, in Psalm 18, 28, it says, O oh Lord, Keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. In Psalm 119, 105, it says, Your lamp, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word, your word is a light. Your word is what guides me. In Psalm 119, 130, it tells us, The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. 
And then in 1 Peter 2, 9, it reminds us, listen to this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. It is time to leave the old life, the life you once lived, the things that are holding you back, and begin to live in the light, into an, in a new life. To be, you begin to live that new life. I mean, some of you are truly born again. Some of you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but somehow you missed the, the, the boat when it came to sailing off onto that new life. You just accepted Christ and the, that, that those lies continue to live in your life and they, be, they continue to, to work out themselves in your life. And God is saying, hey, when you, when you accepted me, you walked out of darkness into light, into a new life. John reminds us that when we have Christ, we are no longer, we no longer need to walk in that darkness. It says in John 1, 4, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. And then in John, 4, in John 12, 46, Jesus said, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. You see, the way to overcome darkness is to turn on the light. And the way to overcome lies is to follow the truth. That's how you overcome a lie. You say, what are you talking about lies? I'm talking about all the things that people have told you throughout your life that have kept you in one place, that in, the, in, your, in your subconscious or in your conscious, you're living those things out when someone said to you, you can't or you're not or you, boy, you, whatever those words were, that's what you continue to live out. And God says, you don't need to live those things out. You overcome a lie by following the truth. We cannot be the servants that God has called us to be unless we experience that freedom that God offers us. And we cannot experience that freedom that God offers us until we understand who we truly are. And what I'm telling you this morning, what I'm sharing with you this morning is who you truly are. In John 8:32 we read, "Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free." Here's the truth. The truth is that you are no more than a forgiven sinner, but you are nothing less than someone Jesus died for. You are no more. We are no more than forgiven sinners, but we are no less than someone, than people that Jesus Christ died for. That keeps me humble, but keeps me bold as well. I may be nothing. I'm nothing more than forgiven sinner. Keep me humble, Lord, but I'm nothing less than someone Jesus died for. Jesus didn't die for garbage. Jesus didn't die so I would live my life in darkness. Jesus didn't die so I would just not use the gifts that he has given me. Jesus didn't die so I can just go along with the crowd and be like everyone else. Jesus Christ died because he uniquely created us and he died for people who are worth dying for. Yes, I'm a forgiven sinner, but he created us in his image. God created us in his image and he wants us to fulfill all that he has for us. And Jesus Christ said, I laid down my life for you. I gave my life for you. I died for you so that you can live for me, live for me. Not go along for me, not act like everyone else for me, not just kind of mosey through and live a mediocre life for me. He died for you so that you can live for him. Psalm 139 says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. That is the truth. That is the truth. Now, let me tell you why this is so important. Let me, let me explain why this is so important. It is so important because you are not the only one who needs you to believe that. Okay? Please understand this. You are not the only one who needs you to believe what I just told you this morning here. 
There are people who are depending on you. You were created to impact lives. You were created to make a difference in people's lives. You were created to bring about change. You, change. You, were created for, you were born for a specific reason. And it's not only you who needs you to believe what I just said to you. It's those all around you. It's those, it, are those, it are those people who God has placed in your life to make a difference. And you need to be that, not just for yourself, but for them, for the people God created you to impact. Do you know why the world is in such sorry shape? I'll tell you why. The world is in such sorry shape because most people are living out their lives instead of their purpose. That is why the world's in such sorry shape. Because most people are living out their lives instead of their purpose. Each one of us, if each one of us would hunger after God, Okay, if we would believe in him as much as he believes in us, we would change the world. God believes in you. He knows who you are. It doesn't matter what anyone else says you are. It doesn't matter what the culture says you are. It doesn't matter what anyone on this earth, on this planet, or anywhere in the universe says, what do they say about you? What matters is what God says about you, because he's the only one who speaks the truth. So whatever you've heard in the past, put it aside. God is speaking the truth and he's saying, I created you to make a difference in this world. So I want to get started this morning. I want to get started this morning. In your bulletin, there's a piece of paper. If you don't have that piece of paper in your bulletin, it says pitch it. Open that up and there's a little card that says pitch it. If you don't have it, rip the back off your bulletin, write on your, it doesn't really matter what you use. Rip a piece of paper from anywhere that you have it or borrow from the person next to you. And here's what I want you to do. I want, to write, I want you to write down the area of your life that, that you need to pitch. Write down the thing in your life that you need to change. Write down that thing in your life that you need to leave behind here this morning. You need to do that this morning. So whether you need to pitch it or you need to, you need to leave behind, whatever needs to happen, I want you to write that down, okay? And now, got your paper, everybody have their paper out? Because here's what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads with me, but don't lose concentration because I want to talk to you really clearly here, Okay? So you have that piece of paper, and now here's what I want you to think about. Write down the lies that you were told in your life. I don't care if you were told when you were six, seven, eight years old. You're still believing those lies. Write those lies down that you were told. Maybe, maybe write down that person's name that you need to forgive. The reason that you can't move forward in your spiritual journey is that you cannot forgive that person. I want you to think of that person, and I want you to write their name down. I want you this morning, just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you forget it all. It doesn't mean you still trust that person. Trust is built over time, but you can forgive them. Why do you need to forgive them? Because God forgave you, and it's the healthy spiritual thing to do in your own life. You are held captive by the person who you have not forgiven. Forgive them as God has forgiven you and set yourself free. Maybe write down the garbage for which you've already been forgiven. I mean, there's things that you've been forgiven for and you keep on bringing them up and God's saying, you know what? I'm sick and tired of you bringing that same thing up. I have forgiven you a long time ago for that. As far as the east is from the west, I've forgotten it. Why do you keep bringing it up? Write that down. Write down the, write down the trash, my friends, that is still a part of your life. Those sins, those habits, those hangups that keep you from truly serving God. Write those things down. And then after you've written them all down, here's what I want you to do. I want you to come and I want you to either nail them to the cross. We have hammers up here and little, little nails. I want you to nail it to the cross. I want you to pitch it in the garbage. I want you to, whatever it takes, pitch it or nail it, whatever, whatever works for you. I want you to do that. 
but I, all I care about is that you leave it behind. Make sure you leave those things behind. And finally, and this is important, I thought about this week after I was going through the sermon. After you lay it down, after you lay those things down, I want you to pick up God's word. Okay? Listen to me. Pick up God's word. I want everyone to focus on one area of your life that you need to change. One area of your life where you need to be transformed. One area of your life that where it needs the most, what needs the most attention in your life? What is that? What is it that's holding you back from, from taking the next step in your spiritual journey? Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's, uh, it's fear. Maybe you're just a fearful person. Maybe it's control. Maybe it, whatever it is. I want, here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to look up verses. I want you to look up verses that have to do with whatever it is that you need to work on in your life. Again, bitterness, anger, fear, control, um, whatever. You, you know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe, honestly, maybe it's just you want to be a better mom. You want to be a better dad. You want to be a better husband. You want to be a better wife. Whatever it is for you, whatever area in your life that you believe that you need to work on in order to become the person that God has created you to be and to be able to serve not only people in Africa and all around the world, but your own family. If you don't have a Bible with like a, re- a red reference or, or a topical reference in the back, you can go online and you can Google like uh, like topic, you know, scripture by topic. If you, if you put that in there, you'll have all kinds of pages you can go to where they have scriptures by topic. I want you to take, if the word bitterness comes to you or anger or whatever it is, anger, for example, I want you to look up every scripture you can possibly find on anger. And I want you to study those scriptures. And I want the word of God to start to begin to change your life in that area. What does the word of God say about overcoming that anger in my life? And do not, do not stop studying and do not stop moving forward until you feel like you've really overcome that area. Because we can talk about letting it go here. You can nail it to the cross. You can nail your anger to the cross. But when you leave here, if you don't, you can lay it down, you can pitch it, you can nail it. But if you leave here and you don't pick up the word of God and study the word of God and, and, and ask God to help you work through those difficulties... You'll be coming back here six months, a year from now, nailing it again or coming up with some other way to... Don't do that. Pitch it. Let it go. And if it's something that you still need to work on, not everything, you need to work on some of it's forgiveness. You, you know, if you've forgiven, but look up whatever you can in the Word of God, that those, those words that around that area of your life that you need to work on, and you need to focus on that until God helps you to overcome it. Now, I'm going to pray, and then Jen's going to sing. And as Jen sings this song, I want you to leave it behind here this morning, okay? I want you to let it go. You need to let it go. The old is gone, my friends. The new has come. The old has gone. The new has come. And and as, as you write whatever you're going to write, say to yourself these words. There you go. You're gone for good. Whatever it is, there you go. You are gone for good. Let's pray. Father God, as we, as we think about what we need to write down on this piece of paper, that we need to pitch, that we need to let go, that we need to nail to your cross, that we need to leave behind. Father God, let us say in our hearts, there you go. You are gone for good. You are out of my life. I'm leaving it behind. I'm leaving whatever it is in my heart that I've been carrying around. I'm leaving it behind this morning. There you go. You're gone for good. 
God, allow us to say that in our hearts. Allow us to say that in our minds and allow us to live that out in our lives. And we'll be sure to give you the praise and glory right now for what you're going to do in and through us. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Now, as Jen sings, as you write that down as she sings, you don't have to wait for anybody else. Come, nail it to the cross, pitch it in the garbage, and you're free to go this morning.